Hello guys and welcome back to the Bring On The United podcast with me Connor and as always Zach. It's Friday, what the 6th of May, I should know that, it was my birthday yesterday, my 23rd, I'm still feeling a bit off the cans I had of Madrid celebrating a beautiful result Wednesday. I, I was as I think we the, all were. I was ready to get the fork out, I was ready to stick it in the toaster and just, I, I ain't going to be anywhere near. Here. I was asked by my job if I've got any holidays coming up. I joked I'd be on a desert island if uh, Liverpool and Man City will win everything. And with about a minute to go, I was ready to just go, leave leave football behind, forget it all. But then Rodrigo, the beautiful Brazilian, saved us all. And then what Karen Benzema, you know, City, Pep Guardiola, that little bot. You, you try to like, I saw you scratch his head, try to find your head, more hair to pull out. You're bald, mate. Just, just give up. Oh, it, we're shit. We know we're shit. But I guess there's, there's, there's that satisfaction you can take out of, like, City, they're thinking they're this big titty, they're still the noise neighbours. Yeah, they might win another league, but yeah, I mean, it's better than Liverpool. Like, it's the best of a bad situation. I think that's what it, I think what United think, fans think of City says it all. We'd rather, we don't care if you win a title. We care if you win the Champions League, but win another Premier League. We hate our, our rivals are Liverpool. You're just some little annoying little brother in the background well, pissing us off. We don't at, care. At the end of the day, I, I reckon there's, there's a big chance in our lifetime. You know, they, they might overtake it on league titles. You know, they're, they're 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 moving up in the world. They're looking good, but those European cups are hard to get. And right now, you're looking at City having one of the best managers in the world, one of the biggest budgets in the world, one of the best teams in the world. And they still can't do it. You know, that that's just that's that one, isn't it, that's gonna keep separating us from them. Obviously, Liverpool and their European Cups are well ahead of us, but you know, when people try and debate, oh, is Manchester turning blue? Nah. You've got to get your hands on at least one. And even when they get that one, we're still two ahead. You know, that that's what you you, you just love to see it. You know, that's what sets us apart. Three Man- European Cups, they're not coming close to it. Can't the even get one. The only blue in Manchester is the blue that United wore in nineteen sixty eight at Wembley. Lifting my exactly. I've got a beautiful picture of it in my uh, living room, signed by Bobby Charlton. Oh, yes, the the African curse, the African hoodoo that was put on Pep Guardiola by Yaya Torre and his friends. Keep it. Who would have thought when Yaya Torre bagged that goal in the FA Cup that knocked us out and let City win their first trophy, the rebuild? Who'd have thought that ultimately he would have been our savior? Yeah. What, What was it? A birthday cake? That Guardiola didn't get him, and all of that is costing the Champions yeah, League. I, I, I don't even, I don't even know anymore. But it's, I don't it's, care. It's funny, yeah. Uh, but yeah, let, let's focus on the shit show that is Manchester United. Uh, we're all Hala Madrid in Paris. Um, we almost had that fleeting moment as well in that first half of the Liverpool game, but we won't talk about that now. I had many nah. saved up, but hey, all, all, all I'm, all I'm going to say on it is Fergie used to say that players and teams tried harder against Manchester United because of the size of the club. That Ruley, that goalkeeper, when he played against us in the Europa League final, he bagged his penalty, then saved De Gea's. Suddenly he plays against Liverpool and he can't save anything that's shot right at him. But but the third one, the third one, oh, it hurt. What the fuck is he doing? Right. We we played, what, four days ago now? Um, it It was probably one of the best games of the season from us, to be fair. I mean... When you think of how crap this season's been, Leeds, Leeds at home, uh, first day, that, that day, you could not have, we could not be further away from that day right now. Um, 
Uh, no. I know Ronaldo wasn't back there, but he, oh, I, re- I got him a train, seven o'clock, cracked open a can, sun was shining, August, going back to Old Trafford after what, almost two years of not being there. What a day. We we bagged five, and oh, Bruno Hattrick, Ollie's at the wheel, everything, and then you think of, Le- obviously, Leeds away, I mean, that was a completely, the pissing down rain, but that was an even better day. Um, Absolutely. I'm trying to think what else. I mean, yeah, it's hard to beat Newcastle at home, isn't it? Newcastle what a day. At home, yeah. Ronaldo I mean, sunshine again. Personal favourite one of mine was Villarreal at home. Ronaldo, nearly the last kick of the game, winner. There's, there's been some special days, but uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's been a bad season. Overall performance, I think Monday was probably our best. I mean, mm. we completed, what, about 690 passes. Matic and McTominay are there pretending they're only asking Xavi just spraying it about. Ronaldo's tracking back, slide tackling, pushing people over. I mean, there was everything. I remember there was one matter uh, being amazing, finally playing his position he plays in, and probably showing why haven't we been playing him this season. But we won 3 0. I, I mean, that Ronaldo offside, I, I, oh, that was that was harsh, but that's what the uh-huh. is there for. Um, I just thought we were a beautiful goal. But yeah, it. Brentford might have been crap, and they're, they're probably like one foot on the beach. But I mean, this were a team that held Tottenham to a nil-nil draw earlier. Uh, I think, but the uh, the week before, so I think it was all round a happy happy game, happy days. Uh, said farewell to Ralph as manager at Old Trafford. We said farewell to a few players, but it did have that sort of like end of season feel to it, where we were just like, "Oi!" Uh, but what what is taken? Why is it taking so long to get that as a performance? Well, I think my thought on it is this. I think United, for the last few years, we've had this pattern where we're actually okay when the pressure's off. You know, we we can actually perform as soon as there's no pressure at all. But as soon as there's something to play for, we just capitulate. And obviously, this season, for pretty much all season, we've been playing for something because we've been panicking about not getting top four. Suddenly, the second that that top four race is over, you get just a, a normal performance. We play, pressure's off, we just... We just have fun. But yeah, as you said, I mean, we say the best performance. I think it's the only comfortable win we've had at Old Trafford all season. I mean, even you look at the Leeds game, 5-1 win. There was that time in the second half where they pulled it back to one all. You know, that wasn't easy. We we ended up winning easy in the end, but it was still a struggle. Even Ronaldo's return, they made it one all in the second half. That was the first game. They could have gone 2-1 up quite easily in that game as well. Could have done, yeah. I thought this was the first game where I didn't come out of it and say De Gea was the only reason we didn't lose there. Like we actually just played as a team and and yeah, I mean it did feel like a farewell. It sort of felt like everybody was just, you know, happy to to enjoy Matter and Matic's last games. They both got good ovations, especially Matic when he came off. Um and everyone just yeah, it just felt like we were we were playing to sort of send everyone home happy. And I sort of tweeted, it's typical United. I'd I'd taught myself into looking forward to summer and, and having a break from Old Trafford and not having to go through that again. And then the last game, they go and have the best performance. And I end up leaving thinking, God, I can't wait to go back. It, it's just typical. But yeah, it, it was a nice way to end it, really. Uh, you know, a goal for Ronaldo, Bruno bagging, which I absolutely love. You know, I love Bruno Fernandes. And a first goal for Rafael Varane. And I love a first goal for a player, especially a defender. There's a drilling going on. I'll be two seconds. No problem. Oh. Technical mishaps with a dog in your bedroom and a big drill going off outside. But yeah, it was just, I think that party atmosphere, you're just that happy ending to a, a crap season. 
Uh, it, it feels weird because we've still got two games to go. That felt like the end, but we still do have two games in what uh, three weeks to go. Yeah, it had that sort of feeling, didn't it, to the end of the season? I mean, I think, I think the whole the, the Champions League run sort of finishing has has really put an end to it. I guess we've still got to try and play a little bit with the with the fear of dropping into the Conference League, but we've put a good distance between us and West Ham now, so you wouldn't expect us to fall out of sixth position. I think sixth, maybe fifth, if we're lucky, we climb into it, but I can't yeah. see it. I think we've locked in our final position now for the season, and obviously, and yeah. Tottenham do have Liverpool and Arsenal both to play, so I mean, I guess if they did lose them, people say what's the difference between fifth and sixth? And to be honest, fuck all. If we're, being, if we're gonna be blunt, nothing is different between fifth and sixth. Like no. it's still a shit season. It's still a failure. We've if we win our next two games, we uh, tie for our worst season in the Prem under Moyes and Giggs, where we got sixty-seven points or sixty-four points. Sorry. So. Oh God. It's not like we can be beat that work that season. We can only tie it, which isn't great. Um, but speaking of West Ham, obviously they they lost last night. David Moyes almost killed a boy. He laughed about it. Um, that ended up being like another nail in the coffin of a season. Like Liverpool doing stuff. Our, our worst manager ever winning a Europa League. That could be just the most embarrassing season ever. Oh yeah, I mean look, everyone loves a little fairy tale and, and all that, and, and it's been fun seeing West Ham do well, but. I had no interest in seeing them win the Europa League, especially because if we're trying to go for that next season, if we win the Europa League next season, we want to be able to act like it's a massive achievement. And if West Ham won it the season before, it probably takes a little bit away from it. So, yeah, I, I was happy to see him go out last night. All, all I'm saying is they're playing City on the weekend. I hope West Ham are just crushed. I hope City use it to bounce back. I hope they're looking for revenge. West Ham oh, lose, City win. Oh, when have they got West Ham? Is that the weekend after? Yeah, it must be, yeah. Oh, well, whenever, whenever they're playing them, they better not sort themselves out. Oh, I need West Ham to just completely capitulate now. Finish 7th, finish 8th, whatever. Let us have Europa League. Let City win the league, yeah. That's all I'm asking So now. let's, obviously, uh, there were some great goals in that game. The Bruno one with Alanga darting down, mm. keeping in play. Nice control and movement from Bruno. Uh, I mean, the Mata-Ronaldo connection for the not given goal was absolutely brilliant. I that passed by Mata. The run with his tiny, slow little legs. He was, he was doing it as fast as he could. The, the brilliant Bless ball him. across. The wet surface helped Ronaldo. He was like, this, it was like his arm. Like I, I thought it was a goal scoring, but now it's like your body movement as well. If you're in a forward movement, yeah. you're offside because you can't score with your hands. So, oh. It's confusing, isn't it? No, it was a love. It was a lovely little goal, though. But it just shows what matter, doesn't it? it? Even when your body starts to slow down and, and you start to show your age, you never lose that quality. When you're so good on the ball, you've always got a moment here or there. And, and yeah, I, I really wanted him to get that assist. It was a shame yeah. that it didn't count. I mean, he almost got a goal with Ronaldo back heel and mm. smashed for side netting. And then, of course, that would have been ace. The, the penalty. Uh, actually, before we move on to the penalty, VAR at Old Trafford is a proper farce. You don't know what's going on. You get some woman over the tower going, VAR checking progress. And then for the next three mm. minutes, you sort of still there, like, because there's no like replay TVs or, or screens in Old Trafford. So it's really like, it is shit. Like, there's just no communication yeah. at all. You sort of stood there. I mean, the the traditionalist in me doesn't want us to get big screens in Old Trafford, but it sort of feels like we need to now because yeah, you do you do end up going to games. You ultimately end up missing a lot, and 
I, I guess that really you shouldn't feel that. You, you should feel like when you're in the game, you're more involved and, and into it than anybody, I suppose, because you're actually there. But you just have no idea. I, I didn't see what happened until I went back in to get a drink at half time and I could see it on the TVs inside. So there needs to be some sort of change, I think, I think to, to help fans what's going on. Yeah, uh, I mean, even just referees communicating, I think that'd be better than nothing. Uh, rather than, you know, even if you were to put TVs in, have the referees communicate what's actually happening. Yeah, just, just something. Uh, going on to the penalty. Yeah, Ren exactly. Ronaldo strength for the penalty was absolutely brilliant. Nudging off, uh, I think it was Henry, darting into the box, and then Henry, it was the stupidest tackle I think I've seen this season. God knows what he was doing. No, it was just a bit of a panic, really, wasn't it? I don't think Ronaldo was actually going towards goal. I don't think it necessarily would have resulted in a goal. But I suppose that's what playing, you know, when you're, when you're a Brentford player and suddenly you're playing against Cristiano Ronaldo, no disrespect, but you suddenly think, you start panicking, don't you? You start getting all nervy and, and you start doing stupid stuff. And, and that's what Ronaldo's done for his whole career. You know, he capitalises on tiny mistakes like that. Yeah, it was a brilliant penalty as well. I had no doubt he was going to be one taking it after the Arsenal miss uh, debacle. I still don't know why he didn't take him that game as well because it's Cristiano Ronaldo. I, I can't see him giving the penalty to Bruno. But I think Bruno no. learnt his place now. You know, give it to Ronaldo these pens. Yeah, yeah. When you got Cristiano Ronaldo, you let him take them. I mean, Bruno's got a great penalty, and we all know that, but. No, no, no. We're talking about one of the greatest footballers of all time, one of the best penalty takers of all time. Cristiano Ronaldo takes them, 100%. Yeah. I don't obviously hate on, I, I hate on Bruno or anything, but I, I just feel like we'll probably look back at the Arsenal game and that miss is like, that's probably the, that's where our season ended, when he hit the post from that peg. And it's just yeah. like, what might have been, we, we could have still been in a Champions League race going into Brighton and Palace, but oh well, mm. it is what it is. You know, I don't mind the Europa League. Dumb. Um, you know, good luck to Rangers to win it against Frankfurt, but it's actually quite good. Once you get there, it's quite a good final. But yeah, we'll be in the Europa League. Thank God it's not the Conference League. I mean, Mourinho was crying about it last night. I don't know if he'll cry because oh, I've got to go. I've got to play another game of this shitty competition, or if he's going to try to claim it as like a, a major competition again. You know, he'll be only right, four. Look, four. I suppose at least if Mourinho wins it the first time, it, it, you can argue it puts a little bit of credibility on the competition. I don't think I'd ever really want to see United in there, but I'm happy for Jose. Yeah, get mean, a world class manager's hands on it the first time round, and and get him get you know get people respecting him again. Yeah. You know, ultimately he didn't work at United, but we're still talking about a legendary manager. So I'm buzzing for him if he wins it with Roma. Definitely. So the third goal, of course, uh, another corner. I mean, we, we can't stop scoring from corners at the moment. After about what five hundred without, I, think, I know where's it come from. Alex Tellers, I think you know, the NFL. You have like designated kickers who just come on. Alex Tellers, I mean, don't get him on the field. Just have him on for corners. Like he should just be a mm. corner taker. He loves it. He, he he loves it. I mean, I I always remember Luke Shaw taking them and thinking like. Do, do we are we just giving left backs corners because they're left footed and we haven't really got any other left footers? But no, full credit to, to Alex Tellers, whether you think he can't defend, whether you think he's rubbish going forward. He has got one hell of a, a ball in. He's got yeah. a couple of assists this season. It's been it's been good to see. It'd be nice for Varane to get his first goal in the final game as well. And he said after the, the mm. game, it, it will be better next season. Well, I'll let you into a secret, Rafa. 
can't get any fucking worse. <laughs> no. Hey, it'll be better if he just manages to sort out his injuries. Yes, wrap him up wrap him up in cotton wool over the season. Don't be letting him play too many pre-season games and getting injured. Yeah. You get Rafael Varane in that back line every game next season, it does get better, oh, 100%. He'll go to the World Cup, get to a final, France will wing it, but if he'll celebrate, he'll like the last minute of that game, he'll get an injury and they'll be out for four months. Like, don't you worry. Hey, him and Usman Dembele will go for a hug and they'll both be on the sideline for the rest yeah. of the season. So, we, we mentioned there was a lot of goodbyes at the game, of course. R- uh, Ralph Rangnick, uh, the Austrian manager. I don't think he was the Austrian manager the last time he did one of these. Uh, he's, no. he's at now, um, as well as an advisory uh, consultant to Manchester United. Um, I don't see a problem in that. I mean, Austria are in the World Cup, so he's got a lot of time this like next year or so. And, you know, the Austrian national team, it's not like a a serious, serious job. It is quite part time, so I, I, I don't see a problem if he's, especially in the way he's been talking about his role recently. It seems very transfer scouty, sort of that thing, which it, I've, it, it feels. It feels a little bit like in the last couple of months, his role has sort of gone from people thinking he was going to be this ever presence in the board to literally he's going to be there a couple of days a month. So. Maybe as United fans, we overreacted and we read into it a little bit. But yeah, if he's only going to be at United, you know, a few days here and there, then yeah, go for it. I mean, at first when I saw the news, I was a little bit surprised because I thought surely the biggest football club in the world, Manchester United, doesn't need to employ, you know, people who have a second job. We want we want full timers. But but yeah, I think maybe maybe we just didn't fully understand the capacity of the role. And I guess over summer we will want him in there helping with transfers you know giving Tan Hag all the gossip about about the players but yeah when summer's over and the transfer window's closed by the sounds of it he's not really going to be a busy man so yeah let him go and go and try and I guess pick up another sub, couple of accolades for his resume take Austria to the Euros to the World Cup at some point maybe let's see yeah good luck to him um, he's a nice bloke I, I really like him he'll be honest as long as he's not he's in this role, he's got just got to start recommending all the Austrian players, so he could just watch them at Old Trafford. He's going like going round the worlds, get them all hey, if at Old it, Trafford. If he fancies bringing David Alaba, I, that is I, my first thought. I, I mean, I watched him for Madrid this season; uh, he's been good. Uh, so, hey, I'd, I'd take yeah. Alaba and Varane next season. But we, I'd take that any that day. That's a pipe dream. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, on to the next goodbye. It was Nemanja Matic, who's already confirmed he's leaving at the end of the year. Uh, at the end of his season, after what five years? I can't believe it's been five years since he joined. That's crazy. Mm. From Chelsea, it's so sad he's not going to show off the club because he, he, you can tell he loves it. He puts all he's all into it. He's just a model professional. He's giving everything for his club, and it probably is the right time to move on. He could still probably do it. He's probably still our best defensive midfielder at the club, but it's right for him if he wants to move on. You know, if we're in this rebuild now, we're we'll going to be looking at Rice, etc., etc. I, I I can't fault anything he's done. I think he had a blip under Oli where Oli didn't fancy him for the first few months, but then realised quickly, yeah, we need to get him back in the team. Over his five years, I think he's been exemplary and he definitely does deserve a trophy. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a shame he's actually leaving this year just because we've got a Europa League season next year and I think that could have been perfect for him. You know, you need a... You expect to play a couple of young players in the Europa League, but you want to sort of fill out the rest of the team with some older players. And him and Mata would have been great in that group stage, I think. But 
you know, I, I guess we're at that position now where we've all agreed it's a rebuild season and we've got to be ruthless. So the, there isn't really the space to start keeping older players in. We've got we've got to start moving them on. And, and yeah, I think I think the ovation that Matic got when he went off shows how much the United fans appreciate him. I think it's only when it gets as bad as it is now that you start to realise, yeah, Matic hasn't been a world-class player. He's not blown anyone away, but he tries. He respects the badge. He's put in, you know, you can't question his effort. He always puts in 110%. And he's just been a good servant to the club. And, and yeah, I wish him the best wherever he ends up going. I'm sure he'll go and play first-team football in, in a good league somewhere because he's definitely got it in him still. As you've said, he's, he's, he's a good defensive midfielder still, just maybe not the pace to keep up with the Premier League anymore. I'm scared. Um, obviously, my favourite player, Juan Mata, after eight years, it looks like he hasn't confirmed he's leaving, but it definitely looks like he won't be getting a new contract. Uh, another one, like he's won trophies, he's scored in FA Cup finals, yeah, he's being important along the way in a lot of trophies and a lot of memorable moments. Um, probably one of the bright spots from the last 10 years, I think, one matter. People are saying he's been wasted. He's probably been wasted for the last two or three years, but the first five, six years at Ultra, he was quite a main player. I know he was always forced out on that right wing, uh, he hasn't got the pace for that. But he's, he's got on with it, he's never whinged, he's never complained, he's never kicked off, oh, I should be playing number 10, which he probably should be, because he's been better than all his number 10s we've had in that time. Uh, there's been Juanfield, there's been the free kicks, um, I, there's been so many moments, I, I just he's won that, he deserved that league title, you know, he, he won quite a lot at Chelsea, but he didn't win the league, he's been a perfect servant of this club, it might have probably should have ended a year ago again, because he hasn't been playing a lot, but I can't thank him enough for his professionalism, how nice he is, just his charitable work, uh, his uh, charity, I uh, forgot his charity, is it One Love or something? He's done excellent work uh, in football, mm. and good luck to it. It looks like he's going back to Spain. Um, so yeah, I can't wait to watch him play La Liga for like Real Sociedad. Him and David Silva lining up together. Oof. Can you imagine? No, he's, he's another one, isn't he? He's, he's been a great servant, a, a bit similar to Matic. Maybe, I, I don't think world-class is anywhere near the word, but he's been a very, very good player when we've relied upon him. He's played, as you said, a big role in, in the trophies that we have won since he's joined, even though they're not many. And we've sort of helped to pad out his collection a little bit since leaving Chelsea, but, but not to the extent that a player like him deserves. But as you said, I think, I wouldn't necessarily say he sort of wasted his career at United. I, I'm sure... Every now and then he, he thinks, you know, what what could have been. But as you said, I hope he goes to Spain now, a league where it'll be more suited to his sort of speed and, and his true ability can show. Because, again, as he showed against Brentford, he's got ability still. He'll he'll still go to a good league and, and get sort of double figures of assists and a couple of goals a year. It's just the Premier League at the moment is relentless. So I think it is time to move on. But, yeah, we, we wish him all the best and we'll keep a close eye on him, that's for sure. I wouldn't rule out in the future him having a, a role at Manchester United. He's definitely he's got, he's got degrees in sports, uh, business and science. I think he's got two degrees. He's got a, mm. he's doing his coaching badges. You know, there was talk of him being offered a coaching role when he retired, if he did uh, this season at United. So I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he was back in a capacity after he retires because he definitely loves the club. He, I, I remember listening to a podcast by Guillaume Balaguer. Uh, him talking about the difference between Manchester and London and why he prefers Manchester, just for quieter life. And obviously, being from like rural Spain, he just he loved that having like the, not being on the busy streets of London. And so I won't I won't rule out a return one day to Manchester for him. And well, the lads. Uh, sorry, I'll, 
So sad. Uh, the three Spanish amigos, Matarung Ander Herrera gone. David De Gea's got to be all alone. I know the Ander Herrera one hurts. I, I, st- I still I'll miss him. I mean, you, you, you could definitely make the argument he was never going to take us to the Champions League or the Premier League. But of all the players that we needed to replace at that time, he was very low down on my list. He was a, a great little player when, when he was called upon. Um, but yeah, as, as I was going to say, I mean, Matt has been here for eight and a half years. You know, time time has flown, but he's had a significant impact. I'm sure there are lots of players who've come through United who've played for us in those eight and a half years who will say that Mata has a positive effect on them. So, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see him come back at some point. I think he could only bring good things if he came back in a, in a sort of non-playing role. And, of course, another one that was possibly saying goodbye was Phil Jones. He came off for another cameo. It's good seeing him back playing football. I, obviously, he, he's not good enough anymore to play for Manchester United. I just want him to be playing football, be happy. You know, he said he'd gone through a rough patch with his two-year injury, people calling shit to his face. Hopefully, someone, if Burnley stay up, and I, I, I think he'd thrive at somewhere like Burnley. You know, still, I think he's still Premier League quality, just not obviously Manchester United or even top half Premier League quality. No, it's it's just tough, isn't it? Because we haven't really seen him play too much lately to actually know what sort of level he's at. But... He, you know, he, he was never a, a bad centre back. He sort of he, he ended up becoming a meme, unfortunately. But you know, Sir Alex Ferguson, whilst he made a couple of mistakes, he normally did know what he was talking about, and he obviously saw something in Phil Jones. So, you know, when when you've had that in the past, you, you never lose that. As we've said already about Matic and Matter, you never lose that quality. He'll still have a good centre-half in him somewhere. He just needs to get that game time and that consistency. And yeah, I'd like to see him at least stay yeah, in, in the top sort of couple of flights in England. I don't see him ever sort of going abroad or anything. I think that'd be a very, a very odd move. But yeah, there's, there's still a place for him somewhere. I mean, that, that game he played against Wolves in January, he was ace. He played really well. Uh, you know, he didn't deserve to be on the losing side in that one. So, yeah, again, time to move on. Time to free up that number four shirt for a, for a world-class centre-back to come in and take it, I think. But, I think yeah, Brown time to go. Hey, I, I wouldn't mind yeah. seeing that either. I wouldn't Rafa, mind seeing that either. Apparently, there were a story in the papers last summer and people really getting on Phil Jones's but I think it was Simon Jordan, that twat who used to go on Palace, who's always on Talk Sport, going, who does Phil Jones think he is? You know, Phil Jones has been with this club 12 years almost. You know, he, he deserves every right to say which number he wants to be. You know? Exactly. Uh, talk sports just, it is talk shite. It is talk shite on there. Um, it's I, awful. I, I've, I've worked with a few people who've been with talk sport and I can safely say the twats. Um, <laughs> and look who finally bothered to get off his couch and turn up Edison Cavagher. Um, he must be fully fit for the first time. You know, he's. You know, it's, a cult hero last season got his amazing champ this season you started quite well and he's come out this week going if I had gone Ronaldo were coming I'd have probably asked my brother to, to leave like fine go then mate we, we, you know you were the one who wanted to stay I know Oli might have said look you got to be more involved but you can't turn down Ronaldo I mean he's better than you it's just oh, it's been so frustrating seeing him like partying dancing at parties playing for Uruguay more than he plays for Man U he's like Gareth Bale but we actually, we actually liked him. It's a weird one. It it's genuinely upset me this season, the Cavani one, because I was so so excited to see him this season in front of a full Old Trafford scoring goals. Because as you said, he was so good last year. It took him a little while to get going, but that back end of the season, that Europa League run, he was awesome. Oh, Scored fun. in the Europa League final. Yeah. Oh, what a goal! And I was just so excited about him, but. 
you mentioned the Ronaldo one, and this is what annoys me about United, and this is where we've got a long, long way to come. You look at Liverpool, okay? They had a they had their iconic front three of Mane, Salah, Firmino. They've signed Jota and Diaz, two very, very good players. The front three haven't turned around and gone class attackers fighting for three spots because that's what good teams do. You have competition. The idea that Cavani heard that Ronaldo came and just sacked it off. That, that's not the point. You know, United back in the day, we used to have four strikers. You know, in 99, it was York and Cole backed up by Solskjaer and Sheringham. And Solskjaer and Sheringham were the ones who actually came on and won us the Champions League. You know, you've got to have good backup. You've got to have world-class players ready to come in. And and really, you'd have thought a player like Cavani, who's had such an iconic career, he's, he's such a proud footballer, would relish the chance at competing with Cristiano Ronaldo, possibly even convincing the manager that he had to play a two-up front formation because you can't drop either of them. But he's just not looked up for the challenge. He's taken any opportunity he could to get out of having to play. And really, yeah, it's really disappointing. Uh, I, I still wanted going into that Brentford game just to see one Cavani goal in front of a full Old Trafford, but we couldn't get it. Obviously, we've been disappointed by Cavani this season, and a player who was left on the bench and who has a dickhead brother, um, after the game, Jesse Lingard's brother was not very happy and, and said, Tara Manchester United, blood, sweat, tears for 20 years, um, three, three cup final goals. It took me a while to think of a third one, because obviously he scored in the FA Cup, tumbling against Palace, fair enough, brilliant goal, awesome. Scored in the League Cup against Southampton, it took me ages to find which the third one was. I mean, it clicked. He's going to Jose Mourinho. He's claiming the uh, Community Shields a, a, a final. Uh, yeah, <laughs> d- d- debatable. Um, but do you know what? I'd take it now. Uh, yeah. I'd take, it, I'd take a Community Shield. David Moyes swinging with one more trophy. Uh, uh, Only goes so shy. So, so Don't but, say it. But, no, but in all seriousness, I still preferred, would have preferred to see Cavani. I don't know why. Like, Jesse Lingard has peed me off a bit this season. I was listening to the uh, uh, Talk of the Devils podcast by The Athletic, a brilliant podcast, uh, and Andy Mitten and Carl Anker was discussing Lingard. And I love what Lingard does on the pitch. I, I, I don't hate his, you know, dan- I'm not one of those old boomers who hate his dances, who hate the way he dresses, or the way he talks or anything, you know. Because that's how young people represent themselves. You know, I've got no problem with how he, you know, he's off the pitch. But it's like the the brand of Jay Lings. It is a bit cringy, but it's also there was, like, they brought up some really good points. Like, uh, during the 60th uh, uh, anniversary of the Munich Air disaster, his account tweeted uh, a thing about a, uh, about video games. You know, while he was at this ceremony promoting a video game, and uh, to rep you know, the Manchester bombings. He had his branded uh, clothing attached as advertised when uh, talking about the Manchester bombing attack. It's just stuff like that. And obviously this season, his heart isn't being in it. Yeah, he might want to go to West Ham, but Manchester United were right to stand their ground last summer and ask for £40 million. We've been, Manchester United have been ripped off too many times with players. You know, We sold Johnny Evans for like £4 million quid or something. We sold Damian for about £5 million. We've been ripped off too many times with players. We never made profit. Dan James was the first time we made profit on a player since Cristiano Ronaldo left in 2009. I mean, we were right to stand our ground. And why would we send him to Newcastle? Like, I mean, Newcastle have done very well without him, but he was posting pictures of him in West Ham shirts, you know, stuff like that. 
he hates not being in it. So why did he deserve to come on last week? Uh, it's not a God-given right to say goodbye. I mean, Robin Van Persie never got to say goodbye. Ruud Van Nistelrooy, he never got to say goodbye. And they've done way more for the club than uh, Jesse. I know he's a Man United fan. I love him. I love what he's done on the pitch. But he has soured this year. Uh, he doesn't have a like that connection with the fans as some other players do. You know, one matter. Everyone loves one matter. Uh, you couldn't find one person who does not love one matter at Manchester United. But there are many no. who don't like Jesse Lingard. And obviously the, the comments... I, if I'm Paul... I, I know he might have said this in conference. I don't know whose fault this was. I don't know if uh, Paul Scholes uh, leaked something. And I, I still think Paul It's on both of them. Jesse Lingard shouldn't be telling people this who are gonna, clearly going to say stuff on TV. They need their soundbites. But Paul Scholes shouldn't be going out and saying private conversations... Because Jesse Lingard would have minded what he said. But then you start to think, has Jesse Lingard been linking stuff to the press? So if Ralph Rangnick's found, yeah, it's you, why should he play him? It's, it's a hard one to balance, but where do you stand on the Jesse Lingard situation? Okay, so personally for me, I will always have a soft spot for Jesse Lingard just because of, I think, the age of fan that I am. 2016 was my first cup final I'll never forget that goal, and and he was, you know, he was obviously a big part in in most of the trophies that we won in that period. Again, as you said, the League Cup goal. So he'll always have a soft spot for me. Scored at the 2018 World Cup, and I'm one of those. I love it when a, when a United player scores for England. I buzz off that. Um, but at the end of the day, it's about being a professional. Um, you know, when you sign a contract, you sign a contract. You're entitled to see out that contract. If if you can convince the board to let you leave before it, or maybe extend your contract before the one you're on is up and give you more money, then then that's great. Good on you. But ultimately, when you sign a contract, you should expect to have to see it out. You know, we saw it with Harry Kane in the summer. A gentleman's agreement meant nothing. He, at the end of the day, he was in contract and he couldn't leave. It didn't matter if he shook someone's hand. And that's what it should have come down to with Jesse Lingard. Yes, he went to West Ham and had a fantastic season, but he should have known when he played that well for West Ham that Oli would want to keep him and try and get him involved at United, even if it was just off the bench. And and that's what his contract said he was supposed to do. And I think, bearing in mind he's a he's an academy graduate and he's come through from the start. He's you know he's, everyone jokes about Jesse Lingard being older than everyone thinks he is. He's, he's been at the club for a very long time. You'd expect at the very least professionalism. Don't go leaking stuff. Don't go acting like a fool. Just put your football first. And and I don't mind footballers have a, having other interests and passions and hobbies. You know, what Rashford is doing outside of football is incredible. But as you say, when United are doing bad or when it's the anniversary of something that's important to the club and you're thinking about your clothing brand or you're posting pictures of you in another team's shirt, it's just not right. It's just unprofessional and... and yeah, it's, it is a shame. It has soured it a little bit. As I said, for me, I'll always have a soft spot. I'll always talk about those goals that he scored because, unfortunately, I've not had the same joy as most United fans of growing up when we used to win everything. So one FA Cup win against Crystal Palace is about as good as it gets for me, but it is it is what it is. But but yeah, as you say, I, I, I wasn't against him not getting an ovation. I thought Matic and Mata probably deserved it more for, for being professional. That's what it comes down to. And of course, another midfielder who's set to leave, who's been a very divisive uh, topic, is Paul Pogba. There's talks of there's still an offer on the table. It's the most money you'll get anywhere else he'll go. It looks like it's down to Juventus PSG if he's going to leave. Real Madrid don't seem interested. Um, I just I don't know what's standing him all like. It's such a hard one. I read a great piece by Andy Mitten again in the Athletic. Uh, I'm, I'm not promoting them. I, I wish I were getting paid to promote them. 
Uh, it's one pound a month for if you if you uh, are new. So I, I definitely recommend it. And yeah, it's just the time. Like it was disappointment on both sides. Us fans are probably at fault at some of the stuff. But he hasn't helped himself. He's got no relationship with the British media, no relationship with fans, no relationship with anyone. And he's a bit of a, obviously, he's so divisive. And we're doing, it's, this is almost like the stop check on midfielders. We're doing the ones that are definitely going to leave first, and we'll look at a few others. Uh, but yeah, Paul Pogba, we keep, is, do you, would you be sad to see him out that door now? Okay, so, so I think there's a touchy subject that we have to address. Obviously, Mina Raiola unfortunately passed away oh, yeah. since the last podcast we recorded. So I hate the idea of speaking ill of somebody who's not here. But I think ultimately, he has been a big contributing factor to Pogba never really feeling like he was settled. Because I think Mino always gave you that impression that Pogba always had one eye on leaving, uh, you know, another another club coming in. I remember last season when we had Leipzig in the last game of the Champions League group and we had to go there and, and get a result. And the night before, I think Raiola came out and said that Pogba was thinking of leaving. And that was the time when Pogba was in a really good run of form and, and it just knocked us and we lost. So I don't I don't want to speak ill of the man at all, but there, there, there was always that feeling that Pogba was never fully committed and that when he came in and after a couple of years realised it wasn't working, there was always a part of him that if a good offer came in, he'd have gone. So, yeah, it, it won't it won't hurt me if Pogba goes. Uh, you know, it's difficult because there, there have been games where we've been good and there, there have been runs, but it, it feels like now he's finally started to find some form when he's available. But now he's suddenly started picking up these injuries. You know, back in the day when he was consistent playing, he wasn't very good. Now you can get a good Paul Pogba, but then he'll be out for months. So, ultimately, I think it's just... Maybe, maybe one day if he stayed for another five or six years, he could come good and help us win something. But I don't think the drama and the money we'll be paying him is worth it ultimately. So I wouldn't be against seeing him go, unfortunately. Yeah, I just remember that day he came back. You know, the United did uh, hashtag Pog back. Uh, there was the advert mm. with Stormzy. There was the, the day in my life, you know, flying over from Turing, doing the interview with Stuart Gardner at, the, uh, at Carrington. And just that buzz, you know, that smile, that, that joy and happiness oh, he felt of being incredible. back. And, of course, it, it's just it's just not worked out. I was there for his first goal against Leicester. Uh, we won 4-0, I think, that day, or 4-1. And, mm. uh, I, you know, I've seen him play so many games. You know, it's just it's just never come off. And I, I still, I think if he does go to the club, they, they might, obviously, God bless Mingo Rayola, they won't have that problem, you know, Mingo Rayola saying stuff. Again, I don't want to be disrespectful, but he oh, he obviously played a massive part in all the, the angst against Paul Pogba. But the thing, Paul Pogba's never helped himself. He never came out and denied it on social media. He never did an interview where it's like, no, that's not true. He's never done mm. anything to deny these things. So you you guess that, well, they're probably true then if Paul Pogba's not denying them. You know, it must be true. Uh, but yeah. the, the Mourinho Pogba thing, I think, went too far. But I, I was watching, obviously, a, a documentary on Rude Van Nistelrooy last night, and when Rude stepped out of line, and Alex Ferguson, as good as he was, right, uh, go go then, mate, see you later, fuck off. We, that's, mm. I think that's where Manchester United being this downward turmoil for a while, but if we wanted to be a serious club, I think when Mourinho and Pogba came ahead, you had to get rid of Pogba rather than Mourinho, because that, that showed the players, oh, you can undermine the manager, you, you'll be the ones who are staying, not, not the manager. I think that's where our club sort of just, that's when the, the immediate fall-off came. Uh, but, yeah, I, I won't be sad to see him go. I'm just sad it, it didn't work out. It, it's time, I think, and, yeah. 
Oh, I completely agree. I think that's spot on. Um, a lot of midfielders are leaving, so let's look at the midfielders who are staying, but what would you do with them? So we'll start with good old Donald van der Beek out in uh, Evertonian land. Uh, he's injured at the moment. His former manager, who he played so well for, come, it, surely it's like that... that it's like a, a movie, you know. Oh, he's coming back. He's going to do this for him. I, I, I'm trying to think of managers who have who've played, he's played for before. I guess Mata and Mourinho, when Mata, uh, Mourinho came in. I can't think of many others. But surely, Donny van der Beek, uh, Eric Ten Hag's going to try and get something out of him with that relationship they have. Well, I think I'm, tr- I'm trying to think back now. I think the first podcast we did a couple of podcasts ago was... was... Uh, just the day that Eric Tanhag had joined yes. and we spoke about Donny van der Beek quickly and I sort of said a bold statement from me but I think it'll be very telling that first two or three games as to whether van der Beek has a place or not because bearing in mind a manager is coming in who backed him in the past who you know when van der Beek was very young he, he gave opportunities to he trusted him you'd have to have thought that if he wants van der Beek to be a part van der Beek starts that first game of the season because he'll come in, he'll trust him, and he'll know what he has. And, and you'd also have to think that we won't buy anyone else to necessarily play his position. I, I don't know. Maybe, again, maybe we buy someone to sort of form a little bit of competition. But you'd have to think he'd be trusted from the start. If, if Van der Beek comes back and isn't straight in the team, I'm sort of thinking, OK, so really his past in Ajax with Ten Hag actually isn't having an effect at all. But, you know, I'd, I'd like to see him given a chance. As, as I think we've mentioned before, you you can't really judge a player when they've never been given a run of games. You know, I, I've not necessarily been the biggest fan of Van der Beek when I've seen him. He's had good games where he made an impact, but he's not done a lot. He's had a lot of games where he sort of didn't really do anything. But you can't expect something when he's only played one game and then had three games off, then come on for a five-minute cameo, then had another game off, then played ten minutes, you know. What what are you expecting him to pick up a run of form? It's just not going to happen. So yeah, I hope Tan Hag is the guy to give him at least a chance, give him a season, see what happens, and and have a go. Uh, we'll do these two together. We'll do McFred next. I'm, I'm becoming like a fan cam now, saying stuff like this. But uh, Tommy and Fred, of course, um, they're coming a package on the ting. It seemed at one point. Fred's picked up an injury recently and McTominay had an injury so it's been more Matic Fred McTominay uh, Matic for the last few weeks but we're looking at defensive midfields we're looking at Rice now he won't be in Champions League football or what with the Europa League he could be a very good target you know if we can uh, obviously we'll be looking at lots more um, what 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 do we do with them two if we're going to bring in a, we, we, there's talk of two or three midfielders coming in I think McTominay for me is the one who I think you've got a better chance of convincing to stay as a backup player. And I think he's got a job there. I think McTominay is a good midfielder, never going to start 38 games a season and win you the Premier League. But we saw in games like Leeds away, when you need to bring someone on who's just got a bit of fight in them, who can put a tackle in, but also score goals at the other end, he's a very good player for it. Uh, and I, th- I think you could probably convince him with a, with a good cushy contract to sort of stay and play as a rotation midfielder. Uh, and sort of come in and yeah start the Europa League start the League Cup start the FA Cup and a couple of starts here and there in the league Fred I think will be interesting I I think Fred has been better under Ralph Ranić, and I think Fred has put in some good performances and is a good player I mean my my sort of hot take is if we'd won that game against Atletico Madrid at Old Trafford that Fred is one of the old and United Champions League performances ever that first half 
was incredible. I've never seen anything like it. Um, but overall, he is inconsistent. He is capable of having a very bad game. I'd like to see Fred also become a bit of a backup player. I don't think he should be starting at holding midfield and, and winning us titles. I'm not sure if he would stay, though. I don't know if he'd stick around for two, three years as a backup player in the same way McTominay would, because I just don't think he's necessarily got the same connection to the club. Obviously, we bought him from, from Shakhtar for £50 million. He was playing Champions League football. He'd probably back himself to go and play Champions League football elsewhere. And he's also trying to compete to play for Brazil. You know, he can't be sat on the bench for United if he wants to be playing in the Brazil team. So I'd, I'd like to see them both stay. As you say, they probably will both stay because they've both got a place in the squad. I think you've got a better chance of keeping McTominay as a rotation and probably moving Fred on at some point because I don't see either of them in the long run starting and being first team as when we eventually get back to the top and start trying to compete with City and Liverpool. Hopefully. But yeah, don't worry. Be happy. Like, yeah. Fred Cup. Love it. Yeah, what, exactly. What preacher Fred uh, from uh, alternative. Uh, I bought that from alternative commentary. Uh, their their website. Oh yeah. That. I love them. Uh, the guy who runs that's hilarious. Um, we're not even going to talk about Bruno Fernandes because he's skiing, isn't he? I was going to point talking about a guy who's a hundred percent skiing. I think he's one of our talismans. So yeah, Scott check over for the midfield. I guess we've got youngsters coming back. I, I, actually, let's talk about. Uh, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Garner and Hang and Ball together. I mean, Jimmy Garner's having time of his life at Nottingham Forest. I mean, every single week I, he seems to be assisting or doing something amazing. I mean, they narrowly missed out on automatic promotion. They're going to the playoffs now and most likely play, um, I think it's Luton or Sheffield United they'll play. Uh, but yeah, he'll be coming back. He'll get a shot pre-season you know, in Australia and Bangkok, which you can never... I can, it's so hard to tell with a young player when they're given time in pre-season so mm -hmm. it, again you're, you're, you're hoping you have a league cup there'll be a few games early on get him in there you'll get him on the bench for a few Premier League games I, but I think if Forrest came up I'd probably loan him back out, loan him back out to Forrest de depending on our signings you know if we signed Rice and another midfielder let's say in Cuckoo for example I'm not sure um, you've got Rice and Cuckoo coming in or Rice and uh, that Hydra the Herdera or whatever he's called Mm. Not in the forest here in the Prem. I'd probably take sending back out there if we had some good signings in the summer. I'm I'm sure they'd love to have him back. Definitely, even if they don't come up, I'm sure they'll they'll do their best to oh, get him back yeah. I, playing I, for them. I'd probably want him to see playing the Premier League though if he was going to go back out and loan. Uh, you know, from oh, Jimmy Garner's uh, yeah. perspective, in the Manchester. Yeah, I, I think we need to we need yeah. to see if he's capable of doing it. I mean, I feel like I'm going to end up sounding like a broken record by the end of the summer, but I suppose that is always going to be the good thing about a Europa League season if we yeah. didn't send him back out you can get him first team football playing in all the cups you know you don't have to worry about the Champions League where you have to play your first team in every game as well you play a backup team in the Europa League get him six games in the group get him a few games in the knockout stage the League Cup the, you know th there is the possibility for game time but as you say I think one more year getting experience, if we could convince him to do it, is the way to go. You know, you don't necessarily want a young player only making 10 to 15 starts in a season. You want them playing as much football as possible. You look at uh, Conor Gallagher, I mean, I, God knows if Chelsea will ever actually play another. I mean, they've got better at youth players recently. Reese James, Mason Mount, uh, mm. uh, Trevor Chalaber. Uh, Conor Gallagher's gone out. He was at West Brom, he's been at Swansea. He's been, I mean, he's gone out this season at Palace. I think, I think he set the world alight at West Brom last season. I know they were very crap, 
but uh, Palace is being a different beast. So it, there is a loan system in the Premier League, and it does help and work for players. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, I mean, unfortunately, Van der Beek isn't the best example this season. It's just not really worked for him at Everton, as you say, with the injuries. But yeah, that there there are plenty of examples of of players going to fellow Premier League teams, and therefore, oh, well, the perfect example, Jesse Lingard, is as in he went and, and he was awesome. So you know, players can go to other Premier League teams and and do well. And and yeah, Lingard didn't work when he came back, but you hope then. It gives them the confidence to come back to Old Trafford the season after and have the confidence and know, you know, OK, I've played in the Premier League for a year. I've played against all these teams already. There's nothing that's going to phase me and they're already mentally ready for the challenge of playing for Manchester United. And then, obviously, Hannibal, it, there's reports he might go on loan next year. You're 20 years old. It's not a bad thing. Uh, maybe to France, maybe to England. I'd definitely, you know... I, I've watched him a few times in the uh, under-23-season, of course, that crazy six minutes against Liverpool... I like mm -hmm. the aggression, uh, like we said before, but he just needs to temper it down a little bit, you know, because he will get quite a few red cards, you know. Apparently, though, according to the SPN, I don't know if it was from Rob Dawson, uh, that Ralph Rangnick wasn't very happy with his chaotic thing. But as a fan, we're 4 0 down to Liverpool, mate. Go and kick the fuck out of someone. It'll make me, like as Rocky says, it'll make me feel better. Never mind. I, j I, j I just think at the end of the day, if you bring on a player, a young player who's barely worn a Manchester United shirt, um, and you bring him on at 3-0 down at Anfield at the best, you know, arguably the best team in the world. We're playing terrible. What do you expect him to do? Like, like what, what, did, what did you actually think he was going to do? Please. At the end of the day, I look at what he did and I think whether it was passion or whether it was aggression, I don't know. But I think it was smart because I think he actually just used his intuition to make sure, OK, I've got about five, ten minutes here. Let's make sure the United fans remember me. And whatever happens, if he goes out on loan next season, we'll talk about it. We'll say, yeah, we need a bit more passion in this team. Oh, do you remember when that Medjbury came on at, at Anfield and, and kicked everybody? And it's like, yeah, he left a lasting impression in a game where really he didn't really have a chance of doing anything. So I think fair play to the kid. Yeah, I, I think if Ralph Rangnick was angry, I don't know what he was expecting to do. Like playing this system that just was non-existent by this point. We were mm. absolutely awful that day. Everyone was so passive. I, Bruno obviously had that challenge later on, but that was just more anger and like frustration in his own performance. Because for yeah. 90 minutes, he'd done bugger all. This guy came on, he was darting about, he was getting stuck in. Like, and that's what Manchester United fans wanted to see that game. So I, I exactly. didn't have a problem with it at all. And yeah, I think a loan will do him the world of good, uh, whether it's abroad or in England. I mean, he'd be doing fucking great in Championship. Let me tell you, he'd be, getting a, he'd be a cult hero down there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it. Right, we, we're coming up to the end of a podcast, so we look forward to a, a game tomorrow. Yes, we're back. Manchester United are playing away at Brighton, five thirty kickoff on Sky Sports, and as a neutral, it's probably a very shit game uh, to have on TV. Um, but I think the game afterwards is uh, uh, Liverpool Tottenham. But yeah, we're, we're playing Brighton. Both have got really nothing to play for. Brighton though have only won one home game, I think, uh, in like three months or something crazy. They've got the worst home form in the, the league. It's absolutely atrocious. But they've been playing well on the road. You know, they've picked up wings against Wolves, 3-0. Uh, they beat Arsenal, they beat Tottenham. They went through a patch where they just couldn't score, like similar to last season. They're losing game after game after game. Uh, Graham Potter's stock seemed to be falling, but in the last month or so, it's, it's sky high again. I mean, I, I respect the way Brighton play. It's from Danny Welbeck Derby. 
Um, they just need, if they had a striker who um, who could put the balls in the back of the net, they probably would have be about eighth, seventh, probably. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't like hearing stats that they've been in bad home form and we're about to play them because you know exactly what's coming, <laughs> don't you? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's one of those. As, as I said about the Brentford one, I think I always back United a little bit more when we've not got anything to play for because I think that's when the pressure's off and you just you see the actual quality of the players because they just treat it like they're just having a bit of a kickabout. So, yeah, it is... It, from a neutral perspective, it'd be boring. I think I'd like to see us personally get it wrapped up because I think if we could beat Brighton and secure Europa League, I, I know it's very unlikely we drop out of sixth place, but if we could just get it wrapped up, we have a two-week break before the end of the season, which is a massive pain. But if we didn't have anything to play for, there's nothing to really just stop us sort of starting our holidays early, really. I'd happily see some of the main squad players go off and and get abroad, get get a tan, or at least just stay at home and have some family time. You know, it, it, we don't really want to have to wait two weeks and train really, really hard and worry that we might slip into seventh place in that Palace game. We want to just get it done, and then the season's practically over. Yeah, get get my uh, get my sandals on and we'll be yeah head at the beach. Um, I mean, let let's face it. I don't like admitting it because I think you should probably always watch watch your team, but. Are we going to watch United in the last game of the season if if the title's still only one point between them? Maybe I'll have it up on my phone I, I and then I'll be. Any, I won't be watching football that day. I'll, I'll be forget that. Yeah, I don't want to watch yeah. Liverpool potentially win a league title. Uh, no, that's very true. I'll be a bunker bunker hole like a, a bomb hole sort of thing. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, I might uh, join you. I guess, I mean, there's not really, you know, we could throw in Hannibal, we could throw in a, a youth player or something. I don't really think there's anything too exciting. You know, there's Ronaldo going for a golden boot. Um, he's a what, four. If he could score that goal against, that goal they counted, he, I think he'd have gone on and done it. But I think five and two, it's a big ask with Salah. You know. Pushing it. Well, Salah's still got a couple more, at least I one mean, more game, hasn't he? Yeah, it, if, he gets, if he gets 20 goals, I mean, that is a resounding success, you know. Mm. The guy's a machine at 37, Try, getting 20 Premier League goals, outscoring the... I mean, let's all laugh at Lukaku. I mean, Oli, you know, people were slating him for when that happened and you know, he went off to Winter and we were looking like idiots. Well, look at him now. He's... Oh, it's he's quite funny to see because, I mean, what did Chelsea do in the summer? I get... We'll do... We'll talk about this, just ending it, random thought. What did Chelsea do in the summer with Lukaku? You know, 97 million. They're not going to get anywhere near that. Well, the the problem Chelsea have is, yeah, you can you can talk about them trying to ship players out, but they can't buy anyone. Like if I'm Thomas Tuchel now, I'm thinking I have to just keep my entire squad because because what what the hell do you do? I mean, I, again, I can't wait over summer when we start doing podcasts where we start predicting next season and we'll do like a, you know, trying to predict the league table and where we think we should finish and stuff, but. Chelsea, you've got to think, are going to, after a, you know, after a little bit, they're going to be there for the taking because right now, you know, they're, they're losing Rudiger. They can't replace him. As you've said, Lukaku's just there offering absolutely nothing. They don't even play a formation with a striker now. They play with a false nine, don't they? Werner's a winger. So, yeah, I, I think it's a very weird time to be Chelsea. I'm, I, I, as much as I'd rather be a Chelsea fan than a United fan now because they've got a cup final and they're going to play Champions League football, in the long run... It's not looking too great. And to end the podcast, we, we've got a Zach came up with a brilliant idea. Just asking a question to our, to you guys about the future. And I think the question we, we go asked today, if 
is do you think Ronaldo will be a Manchester United player uh, in the 2022-2023 season? Of course, he's got a World Cup in November. Um, not November. Uh, yeah, November. November and December, he's got the World yeah, Cup. Yeah, it starts November, yeah. He's got, um, obviously, he loves Manchester United. We love him. I don't think there's anywhere else in the world where he's loved as much as he's loved here, even at Real Madrid. I mean, they've booed him. I mean, how could you boo Ronaldo? And, of course, it's his wages. I, I think he will stay. He'll be here. If according to Fabrizio Romano, you know, he's got no problem with another striker coming in. He's happy. You know, he's settled. And obviously, with his family situation, the horrible stuff that's happened, I don't think uprooting his family is probably on his mind. You know, he's settled in Manchester. Um, so I can definitely see him staying and seeing out this year and seeing what you know what happens with Manchester United. He's still got an option of another year. So I mean, if we won the league or something crazy like that, which won't happen, of course. But you know, if we win the Europa League or the FA Cup and he helps us, he could even stay for, for uh, the full three years. But what's your thoughts, Zach? Hey, do you know what I'll say? I'm I'm going to leave a little bit of a tease. I, I think I think as a podcast, let, let, let's see if we can see how many people listen to the end. Let's see how well the podcast is doing. I'll say this: if you're listening on uh, a podcast that you know Spotify, Apple Podcasts, tweet us, and I'll reply to your tweet and I'll and I'll engage and say whether I agree or not. If you're watching on YouTube, drop a comment and I'll get back and reply personally. Let's have a little bit of a, of a discussion about it because it's definitely an, an interesting topic. I mean. Miss the Champions League, not playing in the Champions League seems baffling. But at, at the same time, Cristiano Ronaldo leaving a job half finished seems just as baffling. So there's an argument either way. So yeah, get in the comments, get on Twitter, let us know. And and Connor's given his point of view on it. I'll be I'll like I'll it. reply to anyone and give mine like that. I like it. No. So there we have it, guys. Another Bring On United podcast. Let's hope for another brilliant six late performance tomorrow night at the Amex on the seaside. It's time to have a few beers, I think. Enjoy the Absolutely. weekend. Absolutely. We will see you all next week um, with a week off, weirdly enough. So we'll talk about something, I guess. We'll, we'll find something. <laughs> Even if we just have to do another episode talking about Rodrigo, we'll do it. I will, definitely. Get the, get the madri in. Thank you for listening, Absolutely. guys. Uh, subscribe on the YouTube channel, of course. Give it a like. Comment down below about the Ronaldo thing. If you're on spot, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple or Acast, of course, try and give us five stars uh, and leave a review. Thank you for watching or listening wherever you are. Have a good weekend. <laughs>